This is perfect. Well, that's perfect for a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, before I started doing podcasts, I didn't like talking. Really? Yeah. I was actually really nervous. Okay. To do podcasts. So like, um, like three minutes in, I I was just talking about it on another podcast, like three minutes in, I would ask all the important questions and then I'd be like, Oh boy, (laughs) what now? And I'm like, I want to do this for an hour. How, how am I going to make it last? (laughs) So if you go back and listen to like my previous ones, like the beginning, Mm -hmm. they're terrible. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely terrible. So, um, anyways, we are rolling. Good. We're live. So how are you guys doing today? Doing good. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Now I heard about your family story. Um, when, uh, Louisa interviewed you, um, tell me a little bit about that. Yes. So I'm from Ukraine and my parents are also from Ukraine. Um, the war started just recently on 24th of February. The war started in my country. Mm. So, um, my parents, they had to run away. They had to literally try to escape from the country because like not only the whole country was bombed, but like their city was very bad. Like it was surrounded and people who tried to escape, they were shot. So there was a big risk for them to like even consider. Yeah. To so run. first off, when did, <laughs> when did you come to the United States? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I came here a year and a half ago. Wow. So you got out like just in time. Well, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. We can say that. Yeah. Why did you, uh, why did you leave Ukraine to come here? So my husband is from Lansing and we've been married for five years, but, uh, we lived in Ukraine all of this time, all of that time. And then, um, because of health care, like health care is better in the States. Okay. That was the reason we moved. Um, now, is it just easier to get health care? Do they not have, like, a universal health care there? Like, Maybe Andy can explain it better. <laughs> yeah, and if, if I can just back up. So um, I went to Ukraine, I, I guess now at this point, it's maybe six and a half years yes. ago, um, for work. And while I was there, I ended up meeting Margarita. And we dated, and we ended up getting married. Um, and, and the plan was kind of always to, to move to America. Um, so we, we applied for a visa for her, um, and then she became pregnant. Um, and that's where kind of the health care comes in. They, they definitely have health care in, in Ukraine. It's different, um, but it's there. The health care is much better in, in America. So our big push was to, to get to America in time for Margarita uh, to give birth here. So we ended up um, arriving in America. Was it December 7th of... 2020 yes it was was when right we, uh, in the middle of pandemic Whoa. yeah so that that's when we we um you know kind of i moved back to to america and that's when margarita first got to america that's crazy was it something that was difficult to achieve because of the pandemic were you guys worried that you possibly might not be able to get a visa to come here yes i mean we knew that we will get it at some point just because I got pregnant, we really didn't want to go. So hospitals in Ukraine are a little different than here. <laughs> and also, um, we have free healthcare. Oh, okay. Which you guys don't, and that's a good thing. 
that we don't? Yes, because everything free is bad. It's bad quality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's so bad where uh, it's very corrupted. It's free, but it's not really free. You kind of pay cash to the doctor, mm. which leads to some doctors, they just want to do unnecessary procedures just to make money. It's, Whoa. yeah, it's, it, it, it's not good. So it opens up room for people to be corrupt because it is yes, free. Exactly. Wow. That is insane. I think that's important that you said that because I mean, that's the big push here in the States. Everybody wants free healthcare, yeah, you know, healthcare for all, which, you know, know, like to, to a certain extent, everybody should have healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. It yeah. just seems like something that you shouldn't have to, like, if you're um, like I was just in the emergency room last night. Um, oh. Yeah, because I my finger swollen and it like went up to my elbow, and oh. um, it was terrible. The whole experience was terrible. But I have insurance, and I couldn't imagine like if I didn't have insurance, like what that would be like. Like, would I be able to get the antibiotics that I needed? You know. Yeah, we don't know. But, <laughs> you well, know, but it just makes things a little yeah. bit more complicated. Yeah, it does. So, Ukraine's system is um is quite different than the American system, but there, there are some good things in it in the sense that everyone within Ukraine does have a basic level of free healthcare. So in, in the situation you described last night, you would be able to go to the hospital and you would be treated and you would be taken care of to a certain level. Mm. Now let's say you need a specialty surgery, like they can give you medicine. You can continue to ice it. You can put an embrace, but that's really not going to fix it. Now you need a, a surgery to, to reset the, a bone, fix a tendon. I have no idea what it is. I'm just making stuff up. Right, right. At that point, that's where the healthcare in Ukraine, you really start having trouble. Um, you're going to need to pay cash out of pocket for that. You're not supposed to, but but that's, that's the way it works. Wow. If you want a doctor who is good, <laughs> and by I say, or when I say good, I mean qualified, that's going to cost more than the other doctor who who thinks he can do it um, yeah. for for a lot less money. So that's that's where a lot of these these issues come in. Um, so there's good and bad to the Ukrainian system. W- would I like to see um, you know a basic level of healthcare in in America for everyone? Yes, I, I think it's just a big problem in society within America. I know we're getting way off track. Here. <laughs> uh, I apologize. One thing I want to no. mention though. Um, so here, if you need to go to ER, if emergency happens, you may not be treated right away. Yeah, you, that you, was my experience last yes, time. Yes, you probably <laughs> need to stay for an hour or more, right? Yeah, it was five and hours, four okay. hours. Yeah, That's not, that wouldn't happen in Ukraine. In Ukraine, you're... This episode is brought to you by Red Bike Delivery. This delivery service operates only using battery-powered, eco-friendly transportation. Red Bike Delivery is there for all your delivery needs, whether it's dinner for the family, flowers for your partner, or new houseplants for your new collection. Red Bike Delivery will gladly deliver those and everything in between. So what are you waiting for? Check out Red Bike Delivery on Facebook or Instagram for more information. Red Bike Delivery, because there's only one Earth. Right away. All the doctors and nurses will run to you, because that's how they make money. Oh. Okay. That's important. (laughs) (laughs) On the other hand, it's a little, like, it's not reliable. I don't even know how to describe myself. Like, uh, it's not reliable, but you know if something is very bad, you're not going to wait in line for hours. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good thing, but... 
So one thing I've kind of heard since the start of the war, um, I don't know much about Ukraine. The only thing I know about Ukraine is I used to have a camp counselor uh, back in the day, like when I was a kid, and he was from Ukraine. He was oh, the okay. coolest dude ever. Like, I love this guy. Um, but uh, some like things that I've heard about Ukraine is that it's a pretty corrupt government. Is Do they have any role in any of that too? Um, so th- the government was corrupt. That's true. Uh it was getting better with the new government, with the new president. Okay. Which, uh, who we already have for three years. Uh, yeah, he has been in power for three years. And um, he's a lot better. Uh, he was trying to change the system. Um, yeah, that's probably why the war, uh, I shouldn't say started, because it started a long time ago. Just now it's like very bad because the whole country is attacked. What do you mean it started a long time ago? So the war started in 2014. Okay. Um, there were two regions. They were like annexed, like they were attacked by Russians. Uh, and the peninsula, Crimea, I don't know if you heard about mm-hmm. that. That was yeah. like taken, actually taken. Uh, yes. So, but it got a lot worse now. Like since February 24th, yeah, it got very, very bad. Now, one thing that was kind of crazy when the war like officially broke out, the whole country's in war. Um, social media was like crazy, like everything with all the coverage, like the coverage of it was just insane. There's so much of it, and then it just kind of died off. Like, what's your perspective of that? Do you do you think people just like kind of like because it's been going on a while, they just kind of forgot about it and moved on? So are you saying here, here? here. Okay. I think that's very natural. (laughs) Yes. Because people (laughs) have their own stuff to deal with their own problems. You guys have a lot of problems. um, (laughs) You guys, you're one of us. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's, it is very natural. Uh, Though (sighs) there are some promises being made. I, don't know for so uh, Ukraine r- is relying right now on the states uh, on, on other countries um, they are really hoping to get some weapon and equipment and stuff uh, because our country is smaller our economy is not there yet like our army is small uh, like a lot smaller than yeah but they're the, doing like really well. They Supposedly. are with what they have, <laughs> yes. The, the whole country is united right now. Like That's people, awesome. Yes, g- to be um, more, they don't try to separate themselves anymore. It used to be that people thought that people on the east are different than people in the west, but it seems like now they're just all Ukrainians. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It, but it's tragic at the same it, time. It, it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So have you always kind of thought about coming to America? Has that like been something that you've always wanted to do? Um, or did you not really <laughs> think about it until you like got married and got married to an American? There were some thoughts. So my sister lives in Los Angeles and she's been, she's been there for over, I think maybe like 20 years. Okay. And um, it, it's not that I never thought of, uh, and I never thought about this. I, I did think about this sometimes, but I had a good job. I had, uh, I have two master's degrees. So oh, in what? 
uh, in journalism and in economics. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, and that probably wouldn't be that valuable here in America. Why not? Um, <laughs> I really can't be a journalist here. I can be a, at a certain point. I just can't be. Um, um I I can't um work on a national channel I guess here like uh, it's uh, a lot easier for me to find a good job in Ukraine was what I have than here just because I did not study in here Why couldn't you though? Why couldn't I? Yeah, why can't you work at a a major news Oh place? um <laughs> Well it's not only that I uh, English is not my first language is the first thing but that's not the only reason I Louisa's doing it. Y- yeah, she doesn't work on national. No, but she works <laughs> for a pretty big news organization here in Lansing. Yeah, well, she's good. Yeah, that was the whole reason why she came on the podcast because she's like, I just want to talk about um, like being a German and what it's like coming to America mm-hmm. to try to do this mm-hmm. career. It's not easy. It is not. Yeah, she's doing good. Um. So well. <laughs> Um, I guess, so what I was told and what I was taught in my university is that each country, or at least not necessarily the country, but maybe each part of the world, like, we do things differently, and there are a lot of differences I can see between your journalists here and on national channels and how we are, like, the way you look, the way you act. How the so? Way you, um, a lot of cultural differences, I l- think, is what she's trying to say. Yeah. Right. Like, your sometimes... But your what's, what, what are those TV, differences? Yeah, like, your TV anchors, sometimes they look like like a Barbie doll, like, <laughs> yeah, which is not acceptable. Really? For, yes. So they want you to look real over there, uh, like a real taking person. Care of, yeah, like taking care of, obviously. You do have makeup and the nice clothes. It's just different style. Do I explain that? Yeah, I know over in, in Ukraine, they try not to draw too much attention to the reporter. Yes. Um, the focus is supposed to be on the story. Oh. So the way the um, news anchor is dressed, the way they present themselves even getting excited during the story, like, you know, like they wouldn't get excited during the story and they, they would try to not dress down, but nothing flashy. Casual. Um, it, yeah. It, well, um, <laughs> kind of like your grandma's business um, attire or something, business casual sort of, okay. or, or, or grandpa's business, yeah. um, you know, dress uniform. Um, it's about the story. It's about focusing on the story and they want all the attention on the story where... You know, in America, we do present the story, but um, the person reporting the story sometimes gets a lot of focus yeah. here. So so that would be a big cultural difference, I think. That's interesting. And it seems like we are more concentrated on the facts. No one cares. No one wants. And we're not supposed to express our opinion about mm. what happened uh, where. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can drag. Uh, you can drag it back. Okay. Yeah, if you want to sit back in the chair, you can literally. Oh, just, okay. Yeah, it moves. That's good. Do you want to move it some more? Oh. I, I think it should be moved Let's a little see. more. Let's see. Okay. There you Th- go. That's good. Thank you. Um, the uh, yes, the other thing is uh, we don't show too much on the like. It, we may record it. We, we may film it, but we're not gonna show certain things like 
that child or that body, that person, you may show the image of it. Like you may find something, if it's a dead child, you may put like on the ground some toy of the child, which will people will understand from that. They don't need to see this dead child. That's way too, it can be traumatizing. Like that's just not, and other things I see here, people are pretty open about, but anyways, (laughs) (laughs) there are certain things, yeah. One thing that I um, think is interesting that a lot of other countries, when they are reporting the news, like let's say like a school shooting happened or something like that, they don't talk about the victim or the person that committed the crime. Yeah. Because they, they don't want to glamorize it. They don't want to give that person the attention. Whereas like here in the States, we talk all about that person and kind of <laughs> like, like it's kind of what they, like that person who's committing that crime, they, they're probably looking to get some sort of fame out of it, yeah, even exactly. though it's not like a positive. Yep. Yeah. But do you, is Ukraine like that too, where they don't talk about? Mm, I don't think they do talk about that. Yes. Yeah. But sometimes it can lead it it's just not it's not always a good thing sometimes they don't do that because a lot of like since the country's so corrupted a lot of uh politicians or influential people get away with things yes that's <laughs> why they didn't talk about this too like just recently what happened something happened it was actually a russian politician but in our land because of the war now it's all messed up he uh, hit by hit by the car. He hit this person. He was crossing um, the street on the crosswalk, and now they made like media don't talk about politician. They talk about this guy. He was too slow or something. Whoa! So they are just putting it on him, like wow. it's his fault or so. Yeah, that's crazy. That, that happens. Now this is the r- Russian news though correct uh, or is this ukrainian news it is russian news but it used to be in ukraine like right now obviously the war is going on so people are concentrated a lot more on other on different things but uh that used to happen in ukraine too that would not be unheard of okay i think uh for one i think that you should try to practice uh being a, like a news anchor or whatever it is that you want to do in the media i think i think you could do it <laughs> yeah yeah, I don't think you should limit yourself based on the fact that you studied in a different country and that they're the way they do it's different than the way we do it. Because you can always learn, you can always adjust the way you do it. For one, and for two, like you you could add your own little your own little spin on things, and like you don't even necessarily need to work for a news organization. Like you could do like a podcast. Yeah, I, I, I guess I could. <laughs> you should. <laughs> you also have kids, though, so that makes it difficult. <laughs> it, it, it does a little bit. So tell me, tell me about like when you guys met, why did you go to Ukraine? So I went there for um, work. I was um, just finishing up law school and I was um, transitioning into the, uh, the IT field. I know that that's a little strange um, of a transition there, but IT had kind of always um, been my, my passion even before law school. Um, so I went to, to Ukraine um, I, and I was outsourcing work from America to Ukraine. Oh. So there's a lot of companies here um, who, who need developers. Um, and there's there has been and still is a mass shortage of, of skilled developers. Really? Yes. Um, and because of the type of work, it can literally be done anywhere in the world because, you know, you're on a computer just, just coding things. So um, Ukraine was kind of up and coming at that time with um, with developers and kind of breaking into the IT 
um, world in, in regards to that. So I went over there, um, you know, looking for some, some developers and, and managing some projects. And, and that's when I, I met Margarita and, uh, I ended up staying over there for, for her more than work, to be honest. So <laughs> how long did you stay over there? Just over five years, I think. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Was, how was that? How, how was that transition? Was it like a cultural shock? Um, it, it is a different world over there. So um, there's definitely a culture shock moving there and a little bit of a, a culture shock moving back to America after being in Ukraine for five years. What were some of the like most significant differences as far as cult- cultures that you, you realized or that you recognized? Yeah, people are a lot more closed off in Ukraine. It doesn't mean that they're, they're mean or they're, they're jerks or anything like that. It's just more of a culture. You really don't walk around smiling at anyone like we do in the Midwest. Um, if you're in the grocery store and, and you bump into someone like here in, in Michigan, like at Meyer, you would, you know, say you're sorry. And, and who knows, you might just, well, <laughs> yeah, you could strike up a conversation with the person. You know, there you, you bump into someone and you just move on. It's just another part of your day. Um, and it, it's not an intent of being rude. It's just part of the culture, but that was a big culture shock for me coming from the Midwest uh, to over there. That's interesting because when Louisa was on, she was telling me about how, um, like when you're in the grocery store, people aren't talkative. Like they won't be like, Hey, how are you doing? How's your day going? Like, you know, where you go like a, to Meyer here, people are like, Hey, you know, how are you doing? Did yeah. you find everything? In Europe, like, we are just not as friendly Yeah. Do you think that's a better way of doing things or going about life? Or do you think it's, I mean, cause you guys kind of seen like both, both perspectives of it. I like the American way better. Do you yeah. just a little bit more friendly? Yep. Yeah. So, what about you? You're from there. So <laughs> he, uh, I am, it's just different. There's no better way. Uh, in my mind, I think though, um, when we don't smile to each other, and we are kind of like we do look like we are rude to each other even though we just don't care we're not trying to be rude uh it kind of it's a little easier than you constantly have to smile to strangers you never you'll never <laughs> see again <laughs> in your life. i i don't know but it's not bad here yeah it, I, I think it's it's just different and there are cons and pros Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one Never. one other difference i guess like if, if you go to the restaurant in in ukraine um and like let's say i'm ordering drinks for the three of us so i i, I might say just like you know give me three waters um but in america we would say you know may i please have three waters oh, right yeah. um but and you know saying give me three waters sounds like a demand and you're talking down it, it's not at all there it, it's just like you want three waters that's the most efficient way to, to ask for three waters. And there's almost a question of like, why are you, you asking for waters? You're the customer, right? You know, you want water, you tell them you want water. It, it's not rude, but, but to us, it seems like, Oh my goodness, that's, that's just so awful. Treat them differently. But it's, um, that's really interesting. Yeah. I actually like, I like that. I like that better. You, you like better to like, be straightforward? Yeah, straightforward. Okay. Like get to the point. I don't like when people dance around things. Yeah, they're very much getting to the point. It makes me a little un- uncomfortable sometimes, <laughs> but uh, I've, I've gotten used to it. Especially when they're the one telling you to get them something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> How does that work in your, your relationship? Are you like that? Do you tell them, like, get me three waters? <laughs> 
she's gotten better. She's, she's still <laughs> very thirsty. She's still, <laughs> she still does stuff like that, you know. Uh, give me that pen. I'm like, what? She's like, oh, will you please hand me the pen? Um, and it's just I, I'm, I'm taking me a second to process. Like, why is she demanding the pen? Like, what's going on? It's just her asking for the pen, though. That's so. hilarious. That would. That's funny. That's funny. Adds a whole other dynamic to the relationship. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> So since you've been in America, um, what has your experience been like? Have you enjoyed it? Do you like it? You miss home? Obviously, you probably don't want to go back right now. (laughs) (laughs) So right before this war um, progressed, like, because if I say started, that probably wouldn't be the right way of explaining myself. Uh, When the war got a lot worse, it was uh, in February. That's my dad. See if Joanna's okay. I'm sorry for her. No, 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 you're good. Uh, yeah. Your daughter's not okay? feeling the best. Yeah. So what I'll do is we'll just stop it. Okay. Uh, okay. It's still recording, but I'll stop okay. it and I'll edit okay. this part okay. out. So. Okay. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Anyways, we're back. Yeah. So um, we're talking about Ukraine and yes. and what it's like living here. and uh, Yeah. So since the war uh, got very bad in February... Th- of this year, I, uh, Andy and I, we actually, oh, so before that, right before that, we went to Ukraine for a month and we stayed there for a month just to visit. Mm. And it's in January. Yeah, in January is when we got there. We, after we came back, we really wanted to move back. And here's why. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm from a big city and that's all I know. And Lansing is very small for me. I really don't have anything to do here. I don't understand how to live here. Mm. And that's the big struggle. Because we've traveled quite a bit. And we went to Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Miami. And this country, these uh, cities are all very nice. I really like them. I don't miss Ukraine when I'm there. <laughs> you're on vacation. <laughs> and you're yeah. not living a normal life during those times. No, you're not. <laughs> well... Especially in Miami. (laughs) That place is wild. (laughs) Yeah. But yes, like the city is so small. That's why I struggle here. I think the key for Lansing is getting involved with the community because um, that's one thing. That's one thing like for me when I moved to Lansing, I'm not from Lansing. I'm from a small town. But then um, I met my wife. We got married and moved to Lansing, bought the house and all that. Um, but like for the longest time, I'm like, man, there's nothing to do here. Like Lansing is so boring. But as I started doing the podcast, I started talking to a lot of like local business owners and like artists and people who run all these different like nonprofits and organizations. And, um, and it seems to me that the key is to get involved in like in the community and find something that you're interested in, like art or whatever it is, and just kind of like gravitate to that community a little bit. Uh, probably also I see these people not that they're I don't want to I never want to insult anyone but they're just so different because they were grown up in the villages mm. like the, is that funny it's offensive but what, what's offensive about that <laughs> it's offensive okay so they okay I know what she means so people are just different people from cities like from big cities like myself we are just different and it's real hard to find the middle ground, like the common ground. What do you mean? What do you mean you're different? Like just the um, different lifestyles, different yes. type of living? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to jump in here. In Ukraine, within your, 
I know it's your national passport. Would it be like our driver's license or is it also on the international passport where you're born? Yes. It, it states where you're born. And oddly enough, that actually matters. It's part of the culture where you were born. So even if you move to like Kiev, which is the largest city, the fact that you weren't born in Kiev and you were born in a village, it's almost like a, a little bit of a scarlet A. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Well, that's not, that's it, not it's a not, nice way to, to explain <laughs> it. <laughs> Now this is when we can't be direct. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it doesn't stop you from from everything and anything, but it does make life a lot more difficult with just some of the, the rules and regulations and the way people look at that and whatnot. Um, her parents both were not from Kharkov. So for them to get established in the city of Kharkov was a lot more difficult for them than someone who was who was from there. What kind of things are more difficult? What registration is one thing. So you know, like um, when you move somewhere, you just kind of go to the Secretary of State or even yeah. go online now and tell them, "Hey, I, I live here," and they update your driver's license. Right. In Ukraine, it's like super official. Like you don't just tell them where you live. You like have to prove that you live there. And as long as that ID or that address is like on your D, you have rights to be there. Um, that opens up renting and a bunch of challenges right there. Because if, wow. if that's on your ID, like it's a little difficult to just like, you know, kick you out. So if you want to move to a different city, it's difficult. Like somebody who's wanting to rent an apartment, it, it would be easier for, and they live in that city already. It's, it'd be easier for them to get the place as opposed to somebody who's just moving there. Yes. Yeah. Cause if you're going to rent, they don't want to register you on right. that apartment right. because then you have rights to it. Yes, they, so, they will not register you, no. And then some of the, the services, and I don't even know if it has to do with the jobs or whatnot, but where you're registered has a lot to do with, like, what healthcare yes. you get. Does it matter, like, with what jobs you can sort of get? School like, maybe they'll is, say, like, yeah, you need to go work back where yeah. you're registered and not not Whoa. here. Am I right about that or no? Um, some of the more sure, government jobs. I'm not sure about jobs. Oh, well, maybe government jobs. But definitely it affects your whole life. Like it, af unfortunately, yeah, it affects you. Uh, and also, people are not—they're gonna spot it right away. You're not from the city because you may have some accent or something. Uh -huh. Yes, yeah, so village. It just village talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what you want to think. Um, so yeah, th there is a little bit yeah. of. And so the, just to to continue that a little bit, I'm sorry for not. No, like, you're good. Her her parents, her dad. They they moved there, and I know they had challenges with, like, renting. He eventually was able to save up enough and, like, buy his own home there. And once he bought that, they were able to get registered on that. And then, you know, you're kind of like you're, you're a member of the city now once you're registered there. That, that becomes your city, even though on your, you know, some records it shows you were born elsewhere. But it's definitely a big hurdle. So, and I brought all this up because we were talking about, Cities and, and villages, um, they do view that a little differently in Ukraine because it does affect the day-to-day -day life differently. See, for me, when I hear that, I think it obviously it makes it things a, little, a lot more difficult. Yes. Um, but I would think that it would also give you like a sense of pride for from where you come from too, right? Or yes. what part of the, or for what community you live in, correct? Yes. I mean, because then you don't have, just have anybody coming in and... I mean, you almost kind of have to contribute a little bit to society. Um, yeah, I, I guess you can say that. Yeah, I, I guess. It seems you, like there, there'd be more pride, yes, a little bit more pride. It would be more like, pride, yeah. Yeah. But, so, 
so what's what is that you brought that up um but you you brought it up like living here is harder than living there just because people from the city like they're different than people from small cities or small towns right it's the same in ukraine they are very different they're not like us right no, <laughs> not like us. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sound arrogant. <laughs> uh, and this difference, I don't feel, I never felt any different because I never lived anywhere else. Right, right. And once I moved here, I was like, okay, people are really here. They are very, very relaxed, <laughs> first of all. So if you had to move anywhere here in the United States, where would you move to? I would move to Los Angeles. Just Los Angeles? Because it's very nice weather. My sister lives there. Oh. Yeah, it's nice all year. Yeah, it's just... The weather is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the traffic and maybe some of the people, but... The traffic wasn't <laughs> bad, and you can also do surfing there, oh, which is okay. amazing. You like surfing? Yes. Have you tried it? Yes. <laughs> he seems so excited. <laughs> it, it was very good. But. That's cool. That is really cool. Um, now, do you still do IT work here in the States? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, and you do it for the same company? No, so um, I was out on my own when I was in Ukraine, uh, just kind of working for myself. Um, and I did continue that when we moved back to America. Um, but I actually recently did did take a job. So I no longer work myself and work for a, for a company. Still in the, the IT field, though. Okay. And you and you enjoy that? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. been busy. It's definitely been a busy transition, but um, it's, it's been good so far. Now, I want to talk about um, your Tourette's a little bit. Okay. Um, you had mentioned, she had mentioned. Yeah, that she loves mentioning that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, first off, you're not the only person I've talked to with Tourette's. Really? I've, so well, I've never talked to anyone with Tourette's before. Well, I don't, actually, I don't know if he had Tourette's, but I was interviewing him and he was kind of twitching, mm-hmm. okay. but it was like something that he had gotten when he was in the, in the service. He was in the military. And so technically that probably wouldn't be, but I'm not like trying to, you know, keep him from some special. No, I don't you know. think it was Tourette's, but it was something that where he like twitched. Yeah. tick. It has to be uh, diagnosed when you're, you're a child, usually okay. quite young actually. Okay. So, so is it something that you've had to deal with your whole life? Yeah. I mean, um, I don't remember life without it. I think I was diagnosed when I was like six years old. I think maybe it started showing wow. when I was four. Um, so yeah, I don't remember life without it. This is just kind of how life is. So so has it has it progressed any since you've gotten older, or it's actually gotten worse. So when I was growing up, I was always told by the doctors that you know once I get out of puberty, it should start to get better, um, and it's actually done the opposite. It's it started getting worse. Whoa. So um, th- that's been a little bit of a challenge, but you know I, I still live a, a normal life. I don't let it keep me from from anything. So. Yeah, no. I mean, you seem no- perfectly normal. <laughs> Thank you, except for the, the constant movement. So That's got to be just aggravating, I would think, right? Um, Kind of a nuisance. I, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, it, it does cause some troubles here and there. Um, you know, one of the ticks is in my neck. So um, my neck does get sore towards the end of the day. And, you know, I have to, like, lay down and, and just rest. Um, it's the only way to really rest my neck. But other than that, um, you know, again, I, I don't know life without it. So right, when right. people are like, oh, that must be difficult. It's like, well, I, I don't know, you know. So to me, right. it seems very normal. Is there anything that helps with with it? Like anything that helps mitigate it? Like maybe stress. It, it, stress. It's almost all comes down to, to stress. Good and bad stress um, will will make it worse. Because it like tense, you're tense a little bit. And- yeah. And, and a lot of other factors that, frankly, I probably don't understand. But, you know, um, 
life has been stressful lately. <laughs> you know, we, we have a, um, a 13 month year old who, who I love dearly. Um, but you know, having a baby, um, it adds stress. We have another baby on the way. Um, so that, that adds a little bit of stress right now, but I know that's going to increase. Um, <clears throat> you know, my in-laws are there now and they have been super, super helpful. Um, I'm happy they're there. I would like them to stay with us forever, but you know, that's like another level of stress in, in my life. Oddly enough, taking the job has reduced the stress, um, wow. versus working for myself. That was, that was more stressful. Oh, I could so, imagine. Yeah. Now, have you tried like doing any like t- uh, like any certain kind of stretches or anything like that? Does that help mitigate the the Tourette's or even the stress to where it, you don't you it, don't have the Tourette's uh, as active? I, I don't know how to like, word that. Yeah, no, no, I, I think I understand what you're saying. Um, you know, some exercise I've tried different exercises. I like I use a, a massage gun. Okay. In the evening on my neck, that that really helps. Um, there's no one activity though, that's going to, um, you know, magically fix it. Um, Margarita will also help give me, um, she'll give me massages too. Like she does a much better than the uh, job than the massage gun. So she'll give me like a neck and shoulder massage and, and that will help. She'll, um, massage my, you know, hand or wrist sometimes, um, just from working a lot. That'll, that'll get a little bad. So that stuff definitely helps, but there's no one thing like, oh, you know, if I go, you know, work out for 20 minutes and I, I'm focusing on strength training, you know, and, and stretching, it gets better. It's unfortunately nothing like that. Wow. And they don't really know what causes it, right? Correct. That's insane. And it, you said it's in your neck and the twitch is in your neck and where else? I mean, I have ticks all or over. Ticks, ticks are. No, that, that's okay. They, they change over life, you know? Okay. So one of my big ones is, is blinking, eye blinking. Um, I have, um, you know, ticks on my face. I have vocal ticks. So, so you just randomly say words. Uh, no, I don't do that. I will make noises, but, um, okay. I, I've self-taught myself how to mask those. So I, I actually just did one uh, while talking and you really won't know that I'm doing it. It can, um, I can <clears throat> do it sometimes when I'm speaking by, by stressing a certain word in a, in a place that'll satisfy that tick or, you know, whatnot. Coughing is actually a tick for me. Um, that was never a problem until COVID hit, you know, (laughs) now everyone, like you you have a cough, people freak out. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm still working on that one. So, um, I don't know, but you you know, the, the neck one is definitely the one that probably bothers me the most. I could imagine. Cause I mean, they're on your neck, neck around. I mean, just, just that like would bother me if I did that all day. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That's, that's kind of what's going on. So Dude, I'm sorry that you got to deal with that. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Like like I said, again, like I, I don't know life without it. So um, I, I'm married. I have a good job. I have a, you know, daughter and another daughter on the way. Um, you know, I, I really have nothing to complain about. I have a lot of blessings in life. I'm very happy. I have Tourette's, but, you know, um, I'm okay. I'm happy with life. That's awesome. I mean, because in, in, in your position, a lot of people, you know, could look at their situation like, oh, man, poor me. Like I, I'm going to let it limit me. I'm not going to, uh, I mean, a lot of people find reasons to not continue. Right. And it's important that you, you see all the good in life. You have, you have a beautiful wife, two beautiful children. Well, one beautiful child and one on the way. <laughs> yep. She'll be, she'll be beautiful too. I know that. But. So it's a girl. Yep. Wow. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you. July 30th is the due date. So Whoa. Coming up. Oh, are you guys ready? 
Yeah, I I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I never had the chance to think of that because I always have other stuff or other people to think of. Again, since the war started, like there were a lot of changes, and yeah, I I don't know if I hear. Oh, I hear myself now. <laughs> okay, I, for some reason, for the moment, I stopped hearing myself. So yeah, um, yeah. Like I guess we'll, we'll be ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're gonna have to. So you said your in-laws are or your your parents are living yes. with you guys. Um, when when did they move here and why did they move here? We didn't, we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, um, they moved here exactly in Lansing on nineteenth of April. You got the dates down. <laughs> I was pulling up the calendar. <laughs> yes, but they so they moved here because they are Ukrainian refugees. They escaped from the war, uh, but they stayed for a month in Spain before they m- made a decision to move here. Now, I was reading the article that Louisa wrote, and she had uh, wrote that a bomb landed directly on their front doorstep. Yes. Yes. That, Did it go that, off? That's true. No. <laughs> it just stuck in the ground. Whoa. Which, like, it, it literally saved their life, their lives. So, but that was the moment when they made a decision. They really have to run. They have to escape. And how did they escape? Because you said that the country was shut down. They weren't really letting people out. The country wasn't shut down. The city, they live very close to Russian border. Oh, wow. Yes. And the city was surrounded. But, um, so there was a risk. They definitely took a risk. To try, they left like very early in the morning, and they were just able to find the right way. They were able to find the way where, like, no one was there, like waiting for them. So this is kind of like the Sparks Note edition here. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, honey. It's like just the quick overview, sort of. (laughs) So when when the full scale invasion started. no one really knew what to expect. No one knew how far Russia wanted to take this. No one knew how Ukraine would do defending um, itself. So her, her parents, you know, put yourself in their, their mind here. Um, they're both 63. They own two homes in Kharkov. They have um, three other pieces of property that they own, they, garages, but... A little different than than what we would probably in, in envision. That's why I say property. Um, her Margaret's dad has a business there. Um, it's a smaller business, but nonetheless, it, it's his business. It's very successful, though. Whoa. Yeah, um, and that's kind of where life is. Um, so they have a lot invested in in the city of Kharkov. Um, in addition. People of that age in Ukraine have seen the banks fold twice in their lifetime. So any money that was in um, a bank account when it folded was just gone. So they don't trust the banks. So you you literally hide and hoard all of your cash. Um, and, and then, you know, what about inflation? What about investing? Well, that's where property comes in. That That's why her, her parents would, would buy, you know, property. That, that's a way to hedge against inflation and, you know, have something to show f- from your money. But with the war, um, you know, they can't sell their property. So, so everything is there that, that they have. You know, their whole life is literally there, except for their two daughters who are in America. But they don't know 
what the scale of this war is going to be. They don't know how long it's going to last. You, you know, will Russia just, you know, uh, you know, run through Kharkov and just continue on and, you know, um, the day-to-day will be the same, even though it's, like, now part of Russia, which no one wants, but, you know, from a, a certain aspect, your day-to-day life doesn't change that much, un- unfortunately. So we just, you know, they don't know. We don't know. Um, but as as the days go on, we see that, that none of this is the case. There's a lot of um, artillery shelling. There, there's bombing. There's a lot of explosions. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like a siege warfare on the city of Kharkov. Um, and it's definitely affecting, you know, um, her parents. Um, it's affecting people we know. It, it is destroying um, places that, that we, we knew we would walk by every day. They're just, like, leveled now when, when we see wow. these images. Um, so we, Marguerite and I, like, knew that this war isn't going to end anytime soon. We could see that it's, it's devastating, um, and, and, you know, we kind of both came to the agreement that her parents need to get out of there. Um, but like I was saying before, put yourself in their shoes, like put yourself in their mindset. They don't want to leave. Yeah. And, and I don't fully blame them. You know, all yeah. we can do is like talk to them, like, we'll help you. This is how you can leave. Um, so they, uh, they're, they're really hesitant on, on leaving. And that's when, um, let me see here. It was at the bomb dropped. Like in their, yeah, you know, front yard, um, right there, right in front of their, their place. Um, and it didn't explode. And that was the wake up call for them. Like, it's like, you know, this is, we need to get out. Um, so they decide to get out, you know, so they, they've gone through like that, that whole mental thing of like, do we stay? Do we go? They finally come to, to the decision to go, but it's not that easy. It's just like going, there's a massive gasoline shortage. So, um, her dad has a car. It takes diesel, right? So his car was full. He had the tank full with diesel, but there's nowhere to buy diesel. He's like asking friends, do they have any gas tanks with diesel? He found one friend who had a gas tank, but it it was just regular gasoline, unleaded, wow. non-diesel. Um, so they decided to go anyways. We had a family friend who was younger. What is she, like 30-ish or 29, I think? Yeah, yeah. she's turning 30 soon. She decided to go with them. Um... And the idea was that she would kind of help navigate. Like, she was a little more tech-savvy because the cell phones were working, but it wasn't great. Right. Um, because they kind of needed to know where to go. Um, because a lot of these these villages, uh, getting back to that, <laughs> you know, small towns, it will be under the control of Ukraine one day, and then at night there's a skirmish, and then Russia takes it, and, and vice versa. So you really have to be careful as, as you're driving, you know, who is controlling this, this um, village you're going through. And it's not a full freeway system like we have here. Like you just get on 75 and drive all the way to Florida and, and you're there. It's more like taking the uh, the highways sort of, you know, where, right, where it lanes. goes. Yeah, yeah, exactly where it stops or all these towns. So you have to be really careful with that. Um, so it took them three days, I think, to get out. They, they happened to find a place to stay each night um, in different locations in Ukraine. They did manage to find fuel for the car. Um, and yeah, after three days, they, they got to the Polish border and and they were able to cross. Wow. So that was kind of like, that was, that was the big step is, is convincing them that it's best to leave and then having them safely get out. But the journey didn't end there. That's just like step one. And then I'm going to kind of like, not trying to take over your job, but I'm going to turn it over to Margarita about like the border crossings, how it was happening before 
who's allowed to get out and who's not and, and all that stuff, if you're interested. Yeah, in absolutely. Um, yes. So uh, they were able to get out because they were both, uh, well, doesn't matter. Yeah. Tell them the rules first. Mom. Yes. Okay. The rule is that for men who are older than 18 and younger than 60, they stay in flight. Yes, they yeah. have to stay. Uh, some of them were able to get out because they were able to get out. It was illegal, <laughs> but that's very hard. Like everyone can get in trouble who was involved in this. Like not only the men who tried to get out, but also like people, people on the customers. Yeah, and yeah. So uh, yeah, they were able to just get out because they were they kind of older. My dad is. My mom would be able uh anyways uh what was the line when they were there the line yeah so when they were getting out because it, they were not tried to they didn't try to leave in the first few days um i think the line wasn't that long i think a few hours is what it took okay. them, like six hours maybe uh some people stayed there like for six days whoa the the first people the people who tried to leave uh right after the war started um, yeah, so they were able to get out and they had to find the apartment, or not apartment, the hotel is where they stayed. So, yeah, oh, they, they <laughs> managed to cross the border and <laughs> yes. they brought their, their family camp. He's 16 years old. Yes. Um, he survived a war in Ukraine and he's traveled all the way across the world and now lives in America. Wow. Yeah. The, the cat, um, if he had nine lives, I don't know how many he's used, but he is alive still. <laughs> this cat, uh, honestly, like, so I was little, I guess I was maybe like what, 14 when we got mm -hmm. him, 13, I don't remember. Yes. When he was a little kitten. So like we really, we couldn't leave him. Like he's such a, right. He's part of part the family. Of the family. Yeah. Yes. And uh, plus, it's a war. Like, how can you leave a cat like that? Yeah. And uh, yes, and every step, like, it was so hard. Every time they tried to go somewhere, it was always so, so, so hard. Nobody wanted the cat. They would be like, okay, we'll take you, but we don't want the cat. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just jump in because this is what she's, again, you, you keep giving the summary versions on yes. Poland. <laughs> they get across the, the border of Poland. And we have some, some friends that are staying in. Uh, what, what's the name of the city in Poland? Uh, Kielce. Okay. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, anyways, so they, they drive to the city. Um, we had asked if they could just, like, sleep on a couch for for the night. Just, you know, um, so they have someone to stay with that they know. And then, you know, the next day we'll, we'll figure out and get them situated. So they said yes. Um, so her parents get there. It's like, what is it, like midnight, um, 1, 1 a.m.-ish? Uh, yes. And they get there and there's a problem where they can't bring the cat in, you know, um, I don't know all of the details, but pretty much, uh, my in-laws could stay there, but the cat couldn't, but that really isn't going to work. Um, it was, I think it was cold out, you know, they couldn't just like leave the cat in the car all night. Right. It so, was super cold. yeah. So Margarita's mom was just going to stay in the car that night and telling her dad, like, you know, you go get some sleep. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is like... <laughs> This isn't going to work. This is ridiculous. Um, you know, not upset, just like what, you know, these these options that are being proposed are very r ridiculous. You know, mind you, though, they they had been very stressed from the war. They, they've gone through this long, stressful journey. I, you know, I get that. So I started calling up places, um, hotels there in the city, trying to find a place that would um, had availability, um, would allow the cat. 
and would let me pay over the phone from America. Oh. That was actually the challenge. You know, um, the cat and availability really wasn't a big deal. But, you know, you know when you, whenever you get a hotel, you can book it online. But then yeah. when you get there, you got to give them your ID and, yeah. and your card, right? Yeah. And we never think twice about it. Right. But I'm sitting here in America trying to pay for it without presenting the card. So we did, we did find a, um, it was actually a quite nice hotel. Um, and I decided to put them up for two nights. They had, um, we made sure like they had breakfast. There was a nice breakfast. I don't know. Was there a spa there or something? <laughs> Maybe. And, and, and <laughs> it sounds a little easy, weird, but. but you know, they were coming from this wars and like, I, I don't know the last time they'd had a hot shower, for example, wow. you know, and I, I told Margarita, like, you know, th- they need to feel human again. They, they need to like, you know, um, do something to get rid of the stress to, you know, kind of get back in their, their normal state of mind, get back to normal. So um, they, they did seem much better when they were ready to check out because, you know, when they were there, it was just difficult. It was difficult getting them to go to the hotel. They, they were almost fighting us. Like they didn't want to go to the hotel, like no good reason. It was just, you know, um, I don't know. Can you explain any more with it? I don't want to like say a, insane, but it's like a dignity thing. Like, they, no, didn't, I, they didn't want to go to the hotel because first of all, they don't speak Polish. That would be complicated before they traveled a lot with us in different countries, but we would always kind think of just like, more stress. Right. Yes, we would always take care of them. Like, they don't speak the language, that's right, fine, because right. we would kind of figure stuff yeah. out for them. They'd kind of given up for the night, hadn't they? Like, they yes. were just like, we're just going to sleep in the car, it's too much, we don't want to go somewhere else. Yeah, and this time they just, and, and the other thing, they don't want us to, us to spend money, like they don't like when we spend money, <laughs> them, and they don't want to spend their own money because they're afraid. They need, might need it. Yes, yeah. when the, the last time we're going to get paid, like. They could actually right. afford a hotel. That that wasn't even. They could, it, of course, they can they, afford they, a lot more than they won't spend the money on it. Yes, so. they just won't spend the money because they're afraid. They'll try to sleep in the car and I'm like you can't do that. So, <laughs> but yeah, they stayed for two days in Poland, and then I told them. So my friend, she lives in Spain, and she told me that she could either take them like for unlimited time, like uh, as long as they need, or. It, because she also has a cat, she will like she may try to find a place for them to stay, mm-hmm. like where they uh, would be okay to stay with the cat, and she would help them, like to, just because they don't speak Spanish, and she would just help them to get around uh, with stuff. So I told them that, and right that night she actually found them a very nice house. What is it? Three three million dollar house whoa <laughs> it was like a three million um euro euro yeah, yeah. um what is that in american money uh, spitballing at like 3.3 3.5 million whoa so. it's a very expensive house and this lady the owner she lives in england so she really like she was just nice enough to let them stay there by themselves wow yeah. for free it was wow. a very nice house Plus, they had all the, like, the maintenance would come, like, do things around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what like, do they do for they a living? Pool. Well, this is actually, an, I, I was thinking that. This is um, an investment property for them. It's like oh, okay. Airbnb or whatever they they do over there. You know, people could kind of rent that, I don't know, by the night, by the week. My guess is that would um, probably go for, like, $4,000 a week, just given its location and there size and how nice bedrooms, it is. bedrooms, eight bathrooms. Yeah, and it's, it's like really close to the can, sea yeah. in, in a very, very nice um, little town um, that, that's very popular with tourists. So Whoa. this is it wasn't a cheap place, but it was kind of like the downtime in, in that season. Like, I'm not trying to discredit anything that, that that family did. It was amazing. They were so, so helpful. 
um, you know, everyone else, like, what what is the deal with this? You know, I think it was, you know, low peak um, tourist time. The house is already set up to take in other people. Right. Like, it was, you know, um, it was wonderful that they were able to do it. It was like they had all the resources kind of almost in place to, to take some Ukrainian awesome. refugees. Yeah. So yeah. we were so thankful yeah. for that. Yes. And my parents just lived there by themselves. Yes. For How long did they live there? Four months. Okay. Yes. So they had to go. Yes. From Poland, they went to Germany. They stayed there for the night. Again, it was all on Andy. He tried to pay for the hotel, <laughs> like find this hotel where they. Germany wasn't that bad. France was difficult. Oh, France. Huh. Yeah. They France did not want to speak English at at all with me on the phone. <laughs> even American chains, even American chain hotels Whoa. did not want to speak English with me. Wow. Um, FYI, you can tweet to that that chain, and their customer service from America will get in touch with you and and assist you if anyone's listening and you know runs into that situation oh i didn't know that yeah that's cool yeah so i don't know how they do that but you don't have to deal with the um the the french uh workers who don't want to speak english <laughs> even though they work for an american company anyways moving on though huh? well, yeah the, the thing was there that my parents tried to get in like it was raining and they had this cat who was super stressed uh oh, the and they just wouldn't open the door for them like the door, the front door was locked. To the and hotel, right? Yes. Yep. To the hotel. And my parents called me to help them, but they couldn't because they just didn't speak any English. And he tried his best. Like, I, I don't remember what it, how eventually they got I, to I think hotel. I had another phone in front of me with Google Translate. And oh I, I think gosh. I was like, you know, <laughs> putting that on speakerphone, playing it through the phone that, that's connected with them in France. Huh? I see, I see. Oh my god! They didn't like it. I think they didn't like your they pronunciation. They didn't, but when they understood refugee, I think Ukrainian refugee, yeah. that's when the tone changed. Then they they were, I felt like a little bit willing to to work with me. Right. Um, you know, they they were not fluent in English by any means, but at this point, you know, I don't know. They they were able to uh, remember some English. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, so after France, they moved to Spain, and they stayed there for a month. That's what we asked for, like, for a month, because we still hoped the war would end. It didn't. Yeah. And we had to make a decision, like, we couldn't just stay there, like, it's an expensive place, we didn't want to take advantage of people. Mm -hmm. So at a certain point, we made a decision for e and to go. Again, you're you're <laughs> you're speeding through this process. So <laughs> yeah, they um they they get to, to Spain here, and we, we get them situated, and then for Marguerite and I, it was just like a like we can breathe, you know, this weight off of our chest. Right. And then five minutes later, Marguerite is like, "What now?" And I'm like, "Honey, like you know, they're there, they're good. We need we need to like de-stress and take some time." Um, so then the next day you're like, okay, what now? Uh, <laughs> and we kind of talked about this, like to the point. Know, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. So we, you know, there's obviously what if the war ends, we want the war to end, you know, and then they may be able to go back to Ukraine. The other option was, you know, getting them to America. Um, and we knew that there was a way for them to come seek an asylum or as, as a refugee, but the U S government didn't have a program in place at that time. Whoa. I so I, I was telling Margarita, like, you know, let's wait. And we ultimately decided, like, let's give this two weeks because they have, you know, about four weeks there. So we're just going to kind of de-stress for two weeks, kind of take care of our life and our stuff. You know, we still communicated with them. But I think, um, you know, I was working for myself at that time. Um, 
I had to take a whole week off of work, I think, to help coordinate the logistics of getting them out of Ukraine and all the way to, to Spain for that. Um, you know, so it it was, um, again, not complaining, but it was a lot from, That's stressful. from us to, yeah, like, it wasn't just like they just made this journey. Like, we were constantly available on the phone and, and like, looking things up and planning things and figuring it out. So we needed some some time, too, to, like, you know, go to the grocery store and get, get things taken care of. And, and so I could get caught up with work again. Um, so we took those two weeks um, and, you know, they had two more weeks left and the U S government still didn't have a program set up for them to come to America as refugees. When, when was this? This would have been what, like the first week of April. Cause you said they got here on April 19th. Yes. Yeah. So wow. I guess we're, we're talking like the first week of April, 2022 right now. Um, so we did learn that they could come in, uh, and, and seek asylum. Um, and that didn't really need a program in place for that. Um, that, that's just kind of always been there, but that's kind of complicated. So I started looking into that pretty much to, to seek asylum. You, um, have to come to America first and then ask to, to seek asylum or, or, or claim asylum. Um, and you're like, okay, that, that sounds easy. Just get on a plane, fly into America, and, and when you get there, say, hey, I'm, I'm here seeking asylum. Well, the problem is you can't get on the plane without a visa. So you're, you're really limited to just doing this at um, a land border crossing. Um, and with the laws, Canada is, is not an option because in Canada, um, you're not allowed to seek asylum in America um, coming from Canada, unless you first tried to seek asylum in Canada Whoa. and Canada's denied it. However, Canada would have most likely granted it to them. So that really just, you know, took Canada away. So the option we are looking at here is getting them to Mexico, having, having them cross at a, a land border crossing, like an actual checkpoint, um, asking for asylum as a way to come into America. Once they're in America, then, you know, bringing them up here to Lansing. So that was the conversation we had. They've got two weeks left, you know, two weeks in Spain. They've got about two weeks left to go. We know this, me and Margarita, but her parents don't. So Margarita decides to explain some of this to them because, you know, it it, it sounds stressful because it is stressful. Um, and, you know, it was almost like selling her parents on this. <laughs> So I'll let you kind of take back over here. So we're, we're two weeks into Spain now. So, um, yeah, once uh, we made a decision that we will probably try to move them over here, uh, I tried just to move them over here. Like, I thought they would just be able to get on the plane and come, but they just got so anxious because they were so traumatized. And by, by the plane, you mean just like flying to Mexico by themselves, yes. right? Yes, I thought yeah. they just will be able to fly to Mexico but they were like no even though uh I didn't even tell them that Mexico is very dangerous <laughs> because then they had been to be Mexico no. about a year before but oh, where, yeah. where did they go honey to Cancun <laughs> so that was their their vision of Mexico was, was Cancun oh yes man. and even there they didn't feel safe <laughs> oh my gosh so yeah I was like I guess we don't have any other options so I just have to tell them this uh and they said we would only consider going to America if Andy comes and picks us up. But, but again, that wasn't what they said right away. 
Yeah, well, right for the for one week they're like, no, this sounds too difficult. It's too complicated. It's not going to work out. Yeah, they were just like, no, 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 shooting it down, left and right. Yes, because they were even thinking that maybe they will be going back to Ukraine, but they'll be deported back or whatever. Uh oh, no, 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 no. Is that what they They were thinking? Oh no, no, no. They were thinking that maybe it's best for them to go back from Spain home, like like, go back to move back to Ukraine, just because they were so anxious. Also, like. There's no stability. They did not, like, they, they were just not sure what to do. And they didn't want to spend a lot of money. So, like, they have this money. But they don't want to start spending it everywhere for everything because they literally don't know when the next time, like, they will be able to make money. So, uh, eventually, we were able, I think I stopped talking to them at some point because it was... Like, okay. well, it wasn't like you're just like, I'm not going to talk to me. It was yeah. becoming very stressful yeah. because they needed to move out of this place. Like, you know, they were coming up on a clock. They didn't know what they were going to do. Um, and, you know, they're talking about going back to Ukraine. We're like, that's not possible. Um, we're like, you need to come to America. And they're like, that's not possible. So it's kind of like going nowhere. So like, you know, this wasn't communicated. It's like, you know, we stopped talking about it for a few days with them. They stopped talking about it with a few days. Obviously, there's less communication because this had been a lot. Right. So it wasn't like you're just like, I'm not talking to my yeah. parents. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so there's like this break in the communication. We have a few days left um, <laughs> that they can stay in Spain. And then that's when um, we get the phone call. And then if we can yeah, um, yeah take, take a break Time. here. All right. So we get the call. We're back. Yeah, and they are kind of like almost begging Andy to come and pick them up. Like, now they want him. Instead of always saying, no, stop asking us for coming to America. Now they want him to come. And because they are kind of hopeless, like they have no idea what to do. Come back home, it's kind of dangerous. Stay in Spain, like, it's expensive. Plus, they don't know Spanish. It just... Yeah, it's all complicated. They don't have anyone but my friend who helped them a lot. Um, even though, uh, yeah, so Andy needs to go. Like, we make a decision that Andy needs to go to pick them up. And he... What day do we make the decision? A Thursday, right? Yes. I leave Friday. Yes. And he took, what, five days off of work? Well, um, not... I think it was only two. Okay, but... Okay, because of the weekends, yeah. But anyways, he was able to go there, like, easily, obviously. You flew to Mexico? Uh, no, no, I flew to Spain. Oh, you flew to Spain. So, yeah, on Thursday, they tell us, I had been looking up um, how to get them to, to America. And, and, and again, you know, you'd think, okay, just fly, find a flight from Spain to Mexico, easy enough, right? That's how I started. But the problem is the cat. So, <laughs> bringing the cat... Uh, we didn't know if it would survive um, if we put it under the plane, like, you know, um, checked it in as, as not luggage. I forget the, <laughs> the term, but yeah. I think you understand what I'm saying. Like, um, yeah. I don't know if it would have survived such a long journey. So we wanted to bring the cat into the cabin. And there was a wonderful flight from Spain to Mexico City. Um, I, I think it was with Mexican Airlines or whatever the official name is. They would not allow the cat in the cabin because the flight was too long, is what they said. So I'm like, ah, so I started looking around. There there are a lot of flights that like, you know, go to Central or South America um, from from Spain, but they all have different rules about pets and and cats. 
and that was really, really difficult, frankly. Um, so I, I did finally find a decent flight. I think it was on Avianca Airlines. So we flew from Barcelona, Spain to Bogota, Colombia. Um, and then the next leg of the journey was scheduled was from Bogota to Mexico City. And then Mexico City to um, Monterey, Mexico is what was scheduled. So um, we buy those flights. Um, plus, I bought the flight to to fly out to um, uh, to Spain. So um, we plan all of this on a Thursday night. Friday, I get up. I, I work. Um, I don't know. I think I cut out work around 4 p.m. And I start packing. Um, I have a, a backpack for work. It's, it's like something you keep your laptop in. It, it's not like a big cargo backpack or anything. Um, that's what I took with me. So I had like maybe three pairs of underwear, three pairs of socks, three t-shirts. Um, I had one pair of pants that I was wearing, a t-shirt that I was wearing, a pair of shoes that I was wearing. Um, what else did I have? Oh, a pair of shorts I brought with me to sort of like sleep in case something awful happened to my pants. You know, I didn't have to go around and just <laughs> my underwear like really, really light here. Um, that I was, I was packing, um, you know, um, I already had like the, the travel shampoo, soap, deodorant, all that stuff. So, I was able to toss that in there, some chargers, power banks. Um, I think that was about it. Yeah. So, um, you know, so I, I'm packed like super light and um, I drive down to Chicago, um, park and hop on the flight that night. Red eye over to, um, uh, was it Lisbon? Mm-hmm. Lisbon, Portugal. Yeah. Lisbon, Portugal. Um, there was maybe like a, a 90 minute layover there. And then I flew into the Barcelona the next day. So I end up in Barcelona um, uh, Saturday morning, our time, Saturday, you know, late morning, our time, evening and, um, Barcelona time there. Um, I meet up with her parents, um, and I, I met up with, um, her friend Lisa there that evening. And then we had some other friends from Ukraine who happened to, um, also be in Spain cause that's where they left and they were a few hours away. So they came and, and met up with me and her parents. And um, we all stayed in that that place for the night. Um, so it was great to kind of see them and, you know, be with their parents. And then the next day, Sunday, like Sunday, I think around noon, we left and went to the airport. Um, so I was actually only like in Spain for 23 hours wow. from the time that the plan landed and, until the next one took off. Not quite a vacation. No, not at all. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I fly. Uh, well, we, uh, let me say, I, I say we fly. We get to the airport um, in, in Barcelona. And um, I, I'm, I'm trying to check us in, and this is where the problems start. So we have the cat, and right away from the beginning, they start giving us trouble about the cat. And they say, well, you can't take the cat on the flight. The flight is too long. And I'm like, you know, so I'm like, what do you mean I can't take the cat on the flight? I'm like, I already paid for this. You know, I, I bought the tickets online. They I then called up. They made us measure the cat. Yeah. The cows, the I the did not tail, measure like, the cat, though. Yeah. I'll, I'll get to that. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I call up and I'm like, I need to, you know, pay for a cat and add them to our ticket because we're going to, you know, bring a cat on the flight. And the guy on the phone is like, okay. He's like, you need to measure the cat. I'm not with the cat. I, I have no idea. <laughs> and so... I start Googling, like, you know, cat <laughs> measurement. And FYI, that 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 doesn't just come up with what I need. That was a little difficult. <laughs> so I start guessing at, at some of these measurements. And I know I got one really, really wrong. He's like, are you sure about that? He's like, that seems 
really, really small. I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm like, you know, her parents, I'm like, I, I don't speak Russian. They don't speak English. They're, you know, measuring them in Spain. Maybe something got lost in communication. I'm like, just one second. I'm like, honey, can you have them remeasured? And I'm frantically like Googling, trying to find a new number, making it sound like, I'm like, yeah, I think they're remeasuring them. Give me a minute. Finally, I'm like, well, you know, what is a normal number? And, you know, so he tells me, so I just like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And I'm like, yeah, we got it. And I just alter the, the, his normal number just by a little bit. Like, Do you think he was just making fun of us? Like I don't know. Like, it's a, so it's, it's a cat. It's a domestic right, right. cat that lives in the house. I, I, I don't know. It's not like a mini lion. <laughs> I don't know what you need measurements for a cat. It looks like a cat. I tried explaining that. That wasn't good enough. Anyways, so I give him numbers that, that meet his requirements for measurements. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I pay for it. We're good to go. So, But then, you know, a few days later, I get to the airport. And they don't care about the size of the cat. No, no one questions that. They say that the flight is too long for the cat. So that, you know, the cat's not allowed. And, you know, so I explained that I called in and we already paid for this. And I'm like, you know, I had to go through all this measurements. I made sure to tell them that, you know. Um, so they're like, you know, okay, I, you know, I, I guess we'll, we'll let it on, you know, on. We're not sure about this. And then they start going through the documents for the cat. And apparently we were, we were missing one of the documents that was needed for Mexico. Oh, um, mm -hmm. But now, it, w it wasn't mentioned anywhere, right? So like, well, we, we really couldn't know about this beforehand yeah i mean no one told us we needed yeah. this this document you know in their defense it's not necessarily their job to make sure we have everything though they did tell us about other documents i guess there was just a specific document for mexico it's called health certificate even though my cat has a ton of do other documents that he got different shots and uh, he, he has, has a european pa passport yes he's oh, a wow. spanish citizen he's oh not a gosh. citizen but <laughs> nonetheless um you know as documents come for international travel for a pet this is considered pretty strong like um, there's a special chip in his shoulder that you can scan and, and see like the number on this, this ID to verify that this is the cat and th these are all of his records. Mm -hmm. But we needed ultimately this, this letter from a vet stating that the cat was healthy to fly oh to Mexico and we don't have it. So, um, I'm not taking no for an answer. Like I'm, I'm thinking like until they, you know, um, close the gate. Close the gate. Yeah, because we haven't even gone through security oh or anything. I, I'm here, like, you know, at, at check-in right now, um, you know, trying to drop off our bags. I'm like, until that gate closes, I'm not giving up. Her parents, after, like, 10 minutes, became defeated. I think your mom was crying. They were calling you. Mm -hmm. You're calling me. I wasn't taking the call because I was just, like, in the zone trying to focus. Um, you know, law school does have its advantages sometimes. <laughs> Well, she's like trying to find a supervisor. I'm quickly Googling stuff and I find this one page from the Mexican government about bringing animals in. And it mentions that if you don't have this document, that you can get it upon arrival. So I go with that. I tell them, you know, no, there's an exception to this rule. And they're like, you know, well, we're sorry. Our policy is different, you know, so it doesn't matter. I'm like, yeah, but why, why do we need that document? You know? And they're like, well, that's what the Mexican government requires i'm like exactly and this is what the mexican government is saying you know because they have whoever from corporate for their airline write these policies that get pushed out to these you know um agents at, at check-in they have no idea they're just trying to follow the policies that's their job right i get it but it doesn't mean they're 100 correct right um so they're trying to deny our boarding or negotiable yeah, well, <laughs> typically they're not but we we did you know i asked like is there a vet there that we can get over here to examine the cat and like no it would take too long you know so after like an hour of 
you know, continuing to work and, and showing them that getting supervisors down there, like showing them this stuff, you know, telling them to, you know, asking them numerous times, um, almost telling them to, you know, call up the Mexican government, you know, see what this is, you know, telling them that, you know, um, I, I'm here with Ukrainian refugees. Why are you trying to stop them from, <laughs> from getting to America? Stuff like that. They decide to let us on. Wow. I am shocked. So I like, was so shocked. I was like, I couldn't believe that he was able to negotiate that because in the airport they usually are not like that right i was surprised like, too i'm not gonna they lie say no, <laughs> it's no <laughs> yeah but you know until that plane takes off like we still have seats and it's not over until then so we're we're like booking it like you know we we get our tickets and i'm, I'm telling our parents like you know beastra beastra which means hurry up um because we have to like quickly clear security clear passport control and get onto the plane because even though they've let us go through now like if, if we miss that plane, we're going back to the whole same conversation. Right. So we are like the last ones getting on the plane. I don't even think there's anyone in line. We were literally the last ones. Yeah. There. So they let us on. Like we, we go through and before we were even on the plane, you know, they had closed the, the, the door at the gate. Um, and we're like, you know, wow. ready to go on this, this flight. So we get on, um, and I'm able to relax at that point. I think that was like maybe was it an 11 hour flight or something. Yes. It was a long one. So, but you know, when you're on the flight, nothing can really go wrong. You're just up in the air. You're at the mercy of the, the, you know, pilot. pilot and, <laughs> but that, that's okay. So definitely had a breather there. Um, the cat, um, his name is, is Siri, which is, uh, means gray. Yes. Correct. He, um, he doesn't like traveling and you know, I don't blame him. Um, but the plane ride was, was difficult. Thankfully, one of the flight attendants had like two cats at home and loved cats. So in the middle of the night, when everyone is sleeping, she gets all the flight attendants together and comes and asks us to take the cat all the way in the back of the plane. And they let him out and let him run uh, around. It, I think it's called like the galley or something mm. back there. And the flight attendants are, are blocking it so that the cat can't like get up to where all the passengers were. So he was able to roam around. They had snacks out for him, water for him. Wow. You know, they got a litter box out for him, you know just letting them stretch his legs and whatnot. They were just so wonderful. Um, hats off to that, that lady for doing that. That really, really helped with the journey. Um, so yeah, we get to, uh, we landed Bogota. We, you know, get through there. Um, that, that wasn't a big deal. No, no real problems there. We have a connecting flight to Mexico city. Um, we get on that flight <laughs> and we get into the flight and we're like sitting down. We haven't even taken off. And, um, there is like this lady sitting in the window seat and then my in-laws are, are sitting in the other um, two seats. Then there's an aisle and then I'm like in, in the middle um, section. So I think that there was where I was sitting and then there's like three more seats to me. So there's four. So it's like three, four and three, you know, but we're not even together or something. Um, so they sit down and the cat, the cat needed a bath. I, I will give him that. Like, <laughs> you know, he wasn't necessarily the cleanest at that point And, you know what it is, what it is. So they sit down and he's, he's kind of meowing because he's not, not super happy. And, and I get it. So this lady, um, she starts complaining to, to them, like telling them they need to move, you know, and they don't speak English, so they have no idea. And, you know, so I asked her, I'm like, you know, um, can I help you? I'm like, you know, there's my in-laws. They don't, you know, speak English. So I'm like, what, what's going on? And she said that she doesn't like cats. Um, she doesn't want to sit by the cat. She's like, they need to move. Yeah, and I just want to mention that it's economy. It's the cheapest flight you could book. 
it's not private jet. It's yeah, I mean, if she doesn't want to fly with a yeah. cat, she can fly private. Oh. That, that always makes me laugh when people are on a flight and they think they can like tell people what to what what they expect on a flight. It's like, how much did you? We pay the same amount for these tickets. Yeah, and, and the cat, we bought the ticket for the cat too. He's legal there. It's not oh like the cat is there just like yeah. So anyway, yeah, exactly. So. You know, she wants us to move. And I'm like, you know, um, I'm really sorry. I'm like, you know, these are the seats, like, they've assigned us. I don't know where we can move. I'm like, you know, but if you want to talk to the flight attendant, like, maybe she can find you another seat. Like, I get it. She doesn't want to sit by the cat. That That's fine. But, like, you know, we can't just up and move. We, we've paid for the cat. Like, yeah. I know there's only certain seats you can be with a cat because of safety, stuff like that. You know, you can't take an exit row, bulkhead, stuff like that. Um, it's a lot easier to move one person than the three of us with a cat. So, you know, <laughs> um, so she leaves it for like 30 seconds and then she starts again. Like, you know, you guys need to move. And, and, and I'm like, look, you know, we're not moving. We, we paid for these seats. These are the seats that are signed. So I wasn't being mean, but I was just a little more forceful. I'm like, you know, if you don't like it, go talk to the flight attendant and see if they can move you, you know, because I'm like, she didn't get this. So she, she stops for like 10 seconds and then she starts again. Oh my gosh. And I, I, I had just had it and I, I kind of lost to that, that at that time. Um, and I, I told them like, if you want to blame someone for the cat, I'm like, uh, blame Russia. I'm like, these are Ukrainian refugees. They, they've had to flee their home. Their home has been bombed. This is their family cat. They're trying to get to America where it's safe. I'm like, we're just trying to get there, you know, and you're trying to make this big deal about the cat. I'm like, where are you going? I'm like, you're probably going to your nice, comfortable home right now on this flight. I'm like, they have no home to go to. And I just kind of like sat down and left it at that. She did not say anything for the whole flight. And it was like a three and a half, four hour flight. She didn't talk to the flight attendant. Yeah, yeah, like everyone could hear that. Next thing you know, she's petting the cat. <laughs> well, I didn't go that far, but um, yeah, I, you know, I, I definitely had been traveling a lot and, and kind of lost it a little bit. I do feel a little bit bad about that. You shouldn't yeah. feel you bad shouldn't about feel that. Bad. No, you but shouldn't. I could have been a little nicer. More harsh on her. <laughs> Be like, excuse me, lady. No, it just—it really got to me at that point. I was just like, okay, that—that's it. I'm done holding, holding back. But so we we take that flight. Um, and frankly, I was so tired. I probably forgot about that after ten minutes. It didn't like stress me. I wasn't like, oh, there's that lady. They'll fly. Like I, I totally forgot about it. Um, so we land in Mexico. We get to Mexico, and this is where the the fun begins. Because mind you, we don't have that document. So we we try to clear. Um, I, I believe it's customs. I always get these names uh, mixed up. It wasn't passport control. I think it's customs first where, you know, you, you go through banks and they're like, do you have anything to declare? I'm like, well, yeah, we have a cat. I'm like, oh, okay. It's like, you know, where's your, your paperwork for that? And I'm like, here, they're like, did you, you know, get it approved by the agriculture department? I'm like, no, they're like, okay, you have to go over there first. I'm like, okay. So we go over there. They're looking through a document. So like, you know, where's this letter saying, and I'm like, we don't have it. They're like, what do you mean you don't have it? They're like, you have to have it to travel. And I'm not getting ready to tell them, like, well, I argued with them for, like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours saying it's okay. I'm like, I, I don't know. You know, they, they I, we gave them what we had. They let us on the plane. Here we are. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I, you know, they're not upset at me. They're probably, like, upset at whoever let us on the flight. You know? I don't want to, like, you know, put any more heat on us at that point. Right. So they're like, well, you need that document. I'm like, oh, I, you know, how can we get that? Like, I'm like we have another flight because we had a flight from Mexico City to Monterey. Um, and I'm like, you know, we, we have to get on that flight and we have, we have to clear security and all that stuff, recheck bags. And like, well, we have to get a vet down here. The vet's going to have to examine the cat. And I'm like, look, I'm like, we're not even staying in Mexico. I'm like, we're just going to America. You know, 
do we really need this document? I'm like, maybe there's a fine. I'm like, we're, we're not, we don't have a lot of time. I can pay cash for the fine. You know, I'm really trying oh to hint, like, you know, you know, if you tell me it's a hundred dollars, I'm going to hand you a hundred dollars <laughs> and we go on our way. Like, you know, right. I'm not saying, can I bribe you? But you know, I'm right. offering to pay a fine on the spot in cash. No receipt <laughs> needed. Um, she's like, no, she's like, we have to get a vet down here. And so I'm like, okay, you know, um, how long would that take? She's like, I, I, she's like, I don't know, but this guy's pretty quick. He was there in 20 minutes. Whoa. Which is ridiculous. I don't understand, like, in a good way. How can someone get to the airport? Because usually airports are a little must bit... must have lived by or something. I have no idea. I don't know. It was in 20 minutes. That's just... And yeah. he examined the cat, gave the cat some type of dewormer, provided a letter, and only charged us $40. Whoa. And I was usually, like, willing to just, like, pay a, a, a fine for a... a <laughs> yeah, 100 or even more. Uh, so I was, I was very happy to do it that way. So we get through... We, we get on the next flight, um, and, and that was uneventful. Um, but then we land in um, Monterey, Mexico. And this is the most dangerous leg of the journey. Um, so Monterey, Mexico is not necessarily on the border, but it was the closest airport to, um, what was the city? Nueve Laredo. Laredo, yeah. Yeah, so there's Laredo, Texas, and then I think Nueve Laredo. I'm not proficient in Spanish, but I think that means New Laredo on on the the Mexican side. Um, Excuse me, that's where the border crossing was. So we need to get there. This is the closest airport. The problem is that this is cartel-controlled territory. And two weeks before we are going to Nueve Laredo, a big cartel war broke out so much so that they had to bring the Mexican military in oh my God. just to keep things under control. It wasn't even like fully resolved. So I knew this, but I didn't want to tell her parents any of this because they're literally coming from a and war zone. <laughs> well, yeah, cause you would have worried too. So I didn't <laughs> want to tell you. <laughs> so, so you're just stressing about it yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it was still easier than, than letting them know and having to calm them down. Yeah. So, um, so we land there. And I had looked at all different ways to get to the border. Like, what was what was the safest way? Um, and the the cat makes it very, very difficult. Um, so, you know, what I come up with, the best way is actually a taxi. Um, I've done this in a lot of other countries. You know, I, I, I've traveled quite a bit. Um, as long as you don't pre-order a taxi, if you book them on the spot, it doesn't give them a lot of time to plan anything. Like so, to kidnap them or like you know, hurt they, they them don't really something. know your story. They can't, you know, get stuff in, in you know, going to rob you or, or, or whatever. They still can, but there's just less of a chance right. um, for, for something like that. You know, you're just kind of surprising them with, with the order and, and then, then you move forward. Um, so, you know, given everything, I'm like, this is, this is probably the safest option. So, um, but it needs to be an official taxi, not just any guy at the street. Cause you know, maybe, maybe his, his cousin is in the cartel, you know, maybe some low guy who knows he calls him up and speaks Spanish that I don't understand. And he's delivering us, you know, for, for ransom fee or something. I have no idea. Right. So I go to the taxi stand. Um, I had done some research online. The taxi ride should have cost us a hundred to 150. They quote us 300. Whoa. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, come on. You know, I'm, I'm trying to negotiate with them. They won't budge. Um, I, I hear them speaking Spanish. Spanish, I hear gringo, and, and I'm like, you know, what are you talking about? I'm like, I, I'm not a gringo. I say I'm Ukrainian, and I have her parents' passport. So I just take the three passports out, making sure a Ukrainian one's on top, and show them three passports with, with the Ukrainian ones on top. So I'm like, we're Ukrainians. We're just trying to get to America. Um, you know, I, I, this is the one time I don't want to be American, I guess, <laughs> at this point. Uh, 
they they still weren't budging from from that though. They did stop calling us Gringo at that point. Um, <laughs> but but anyway, so you know, I do the walk away. Like you know, I'm gonna go find someone else. And I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, I really can't find someone else. I, I need this official taxi because anything else, the, the risks are, 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 you know, much higher. So I go back and I'm like, okay, you know, 300. So I pay him. The, the, the guy comes up. He loads all our stuff. I don't even know if we told him we had a cat. Um, maybe we did surprise. There's, there's a cat too. Um, so we get in there. He speaks just a little bit of English. He knows where we're going. And right as we pull up... I tell him, like, all right, do you have enough gas? And, and, and he's like, you know, what are you talking about? I'm like, you're not stopping. I'm like, you you were driving all the way to the border. And I'm like, we're not stopping at all. Um, and he seems really confused by this. And I'm like, you know, you need to take this road. And I looked up the name of the road. I'm like, you're going to take this road, and you're going to just drive straight. Um, it's sort of like a toll freeway. And as long as you stay on that, it, it's relatively safe. When you get off of that, it can become very dangerous. He didn't like that. He did not want that toll road at all. So the price got changed right there oh. in the car. So I paid him, I don't know, maybe it was like an extra $50 to, to take that toll road. And, and he did that. I was so exhausted at that time. It was like, what, an hour and a half in the taxi? Yeah. Um, I so wanted to sleep, but I would not let myself fall asleep at that point. He kept being on his phone, and he was looking at me very strange all the time. I was very uncomfortable. But I made sure he knew I was watching him. I wasn't just like sitting there looking to the right. Like, I was kind of angled towards him and almost like making him uncomfortable. Like I'm watching, I'm not sleeping. Um, and I did not want to be rude. Like I do not like being rude. I just was not getting good vibes from this guy. And all it takes is for him to just like pull off and go meet some people. And they could have robbed us. Yeah. Um, her, you know, parents were bringing cash in. Um, they could have held us for ransom. You know, I, I, I have no idea. I just wanted to, to avoid any bad things that, that could happen. So, um, he did take us to the border. Eventually, we, we did get there. Um, before we get there, we're getting very cl- close to Nueve Laredo. And again, her parents don't know about anything that's going on. Which is good. <laughs> and there's Apache helicopters flying. Oof. And there's like a couple of them. And they're getting closer and they're getting louder. And I see him. And then her parents see him. And I'm like, oh, at the horror show, you know, it's okay. I'm like, um, you know, tourist, tourist. You know, um, you know, trying to say, um, I don't know the actual <laughs> word for tourist, yes. but I think I'm like, ah, oh, okay, okay. You know, um, I'm like, as long as they don't see the guys on the 50 cals <laughs> up there, <laughs> we're, we're good. Um, it was definitely military helicopters there because of everything going on. I didn't want them to stress them out even more. So we, we get there, you know, we have to go through the, the Mexican passport control while we're in the taxi. Um, then they let us off the bridge and we, with our suitcases and everything, we start walking across the bridge. And when we get to the half point, way point, there's us border agents there. Um, and they're just asking everyone walking across, like, are you a U.S. citizen? And when, when I get up there, they ask me, I'm like, yes, but they're Ukrainians. I'm like, they're here to seek asylum. I'm like, okay, just wait right here. So we literally have to wait on the very middle of the bridge. Like, wow. you know, really can't even cross into America at that point. Um, they tell us that they're going to have an agent come escort us up. So I'm like, okay, we waited there for maybe five, 10 minutes. And um, they were really nice. Like they were just kind of talking with us. Everything was good. Um, and, um, you know, in, in some of the conversations, I heard them talking amongst themselves. And one of the border agents asked the other, it's like, you know, do you think they'll let him in? And he's like, all oh, the Ukrainians is like, they'll, they'll definitely let him in today. 
So I was like, okay, this is good news hearing wow. this. So the agent comes there and he escorts us. we didn't us. know how long it would oh, take. Oh, yeah, we yeah. We thinking maybe it would take four days. Like, wow. we literally. Yeah. I forgot this. So Tijuana is the easier border crossing. But when I had left, when I was doing this research, the wait at the Tijuana border was days oh to get gosh. across. It, it could be three to six days. And I didn't want to sit down there, like, you know, trying to sleep in a tent or finding a place to stay. So I'm like, you know, if we go to this other border, even you know, it's more difficult to get to, but there should be less Ukrainians trying to cross. Can, and can we pause for a yes, minute? Yes, definitely. I got to pee. Yep, that, so that's bad. okay. That's okay. Sorry. I'm surprised a- you don't have to pee. You're pregnant. <laughs> How do you not have to go? <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're really taking this uh, no, no, you're long good. here. All right. And we're back. And so where were we? Sorry. No, you were talking about crossing the border. Yes. Yeah. And so, so the agent, he, he comes down and he gets us. And when we, we walk closer, there's like this long line of people like waiting to, to cross. This is, you know, a, a, um, border crossing just for pedestrians there. So there's a long line and he walks us right past it and, you know, tells us to, to sit down. It, it, it's air conditioned inside. It, it feels wonderful. I'm sure we're all smelly, we're, we're dirty, the cat reeks. Um, the air conditioning was was wonderful at that time. <laughs> so we sit down there, um, maybe for two minutes, and like a border agent finished like letting someone through, and then she just calls us right over, like right away to come up. And they start processing, they, they process me really quick, which was just, I think, frankly, scanning my passport, having me look into a camera, and, and then I was good. Her parents, uh, Margaret's parents, took a little longer, obviously. And they did scan their passports, took pictures of them, you know, got the process going. And then we had to go back to to secondary and wait. And that maybe took like four to five hours. And most of it was just waiting on the border agents. They did take um, both of Margaret's parents back um, and had them sitting there and separately interviewed them, asking them them questions, um, which they have to do. Ultimately, they were just, you know, wanting to know, like, um, why, why are you, you know, wanting to come to America? Because um, they can't, they won't let anyone in. So, you know, they pretty much communicated that it, it's not safe. There's a war going on, which, which is good, you know, but you, they have to be told that. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to make sure that, you know, they had a place to stay, you know, so I told them, yeah, they'll, they'll be staying with us. Um, you know, so they, they kind of went through that and they just had to process paperwork to kind of get them in the system. And they didn't grant them um, asylum. They granted them humanitarian parole, which is a little different. Um, it's a lot easier to get than asylum, but it's it's this weird um, weird entry status where there's not a lot of rules set up, which is good and bad. So they're just here. Um, they're here for like up to a year, and it can be extended easily, but no one knows how to deal with them because they're um, you know here on humanitarian p- parole. We've tried to get them help in America, um, you know, as refugees, but they're not technically refugees. Wow. So, yeah, that, that wow. doesn't apply. Um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But anyway, they they let us out of the, you know, they let them through. The border agents tell them they're good to go. They give me all their paperwork and everything. Um, we walk out. We're in America. We take a selfie right away. I think there's like a, a church's chicken in the background. It looks like Mexico. I, I was there an American flag though. I think there was an American flag in the know, background. But it did look very bad there. So there are certain parts in America look very bad. Just rough. Yes. Yeah, this yeah. was Laredo, Texas. It did not feel like America, but, <laughs> but it was. You know, so I took the picture, posted the it on Facebook. Closest thing to Mexico in in America. Yeah. He sent me ten of hotels. They wanted to stay in the hotel because they were so exhausted. And all the hotels were, like, very bad. Motels? Oh, definitely. <laughs> very bad. So not only were they bad, so, like, 
it, it had been a long journey. It was maybe seven or eight. We needed to go to San Antonio to catch the next flight. But even if we were to catch a flight that night up to Chicago, I'd have to make the drive back. I'm like, that's not happening. I was so exhausted. I'm like, let's just get a hotel in, in Laredo. But it needs to take the cat, um, which always makes it difficult. I managed to find a red roof in, uh, you know, that wasn't an arm and a leg for two rooms. Um, though, you know, someone may have left an arm or a leg there at one point. Um, <laughs> so we, we get in there. We, we didn't, uh, you know, I did splurge on two rooms. Um, so, you know, we each have some privacy, which was, was nice. I had no clean towels in my room. Wow. I, I think well, I told you that I dried off with like a, a, a rag or something like a washcloth is what I used. Oh my like, gosh. I was just so tired. You didn't care. <laughs> no, I wasn't even calling. I was like, I just needed to get some sleep. I walked to, to pizza, Hut, picked up a couple of pizzas, brought those back. Her parents loved that. Um, that was their first time first eating in America. Wow. Pizza, just because you're so hungry, you love everything. We yeah. were very hungry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, they, they drank Dr. Pepper. I think it was their first time having Dr. Pepper. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and then I, I brought bottles of water, which her parents, uh, I always like when we're traveling, I always like buy bottles of water mm-hmm. and not these small ones. No offense. Like, like a liter and a half, yeah. at least one per person. Yeah. And her parents always think I'm like crazy for this. I did the same thing, but everyone needs to stay hydrated. Yeah. You get headaches. Yeah. I do. And when they I just travel. won't, they won't drink. Yeah. They won't drink water. And they, they, they <laughs> yeah. So I brought, Count, they, oh, you are drinking. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they killed that water. So they each had like a liter and a half. I think they, you know, when I went there in the morning, it was gone. <laughs> and they found some small bottles and drank those. I'm like, oh my goodness, they oh finally drank the water. I'm glad I brought it because normally they're telling me no, no, no. <laughs> but they finished that. In Ukraine, that. we don't drink water. We like to drink tea, tea juice. juice milk, they don't just drink plain water. Really? Uh, sometimes, but it's not, not like we do. Like if you need, it was a peel. But not like how you guys do that. Well, here. sparkling water though. It, well, sometimes we drink sparkling. They water, know it's yeah. healthy, right? Yeah, but it just doesn't taste good. It doesn't water taste tastes like amazing. Anything. Yeah, I love water. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, me too. So um, we're in Laredo. We um, oh, we took a taxi there from the, the border to the hotel. Um, it was a lift. Uh, the guy was nice. I didn't tell him we had a cat. He seemed okay with it though when he took us. I got talking to him. I'm like, hey, do you want to take us to San Antonio to the airport tomorrow? And he's like, um, how much? You know, I, I had done some research online and I offered him like $50 less than what um, I think Uber would have charged. And I know Lyft is a little cheaper. Um, he was very happy with that. So um, he, he met us at the, the hotel that next morning, picked us up and drove us to, to San Antonio. Um, he also knew we had a cat and was okay with that. So that was like really, yeah, really good. Big deal. Yeah. So he gets us to uh, San Antonio, drops us off at the airport. We, um, we go and we... Um, I think I had reserved airline tickets or something. Oh, yeah, that's right. I needed to pay for them. Uh, you know, that was a, a little difficult because uh, they don't take cash. They don't take cash. They don't take cash. Um, the card had hit its daily limit or something. Oh, my gosh. I, I remember I had to go buy gift cards. I know this is sounding oh scammy now. <laughs> um, by putting cash into a machine, getting, like, credit card gift cards to use to pay so we, we did get on it, it it was just you know not as easy as, as i would like um then we go through security in san antonio and they they pull my mother-in-law aside they're like you know um your your bag is tested positive for explosive material or your jacket or something they're like you need to come over here when you do do a fuller search and she doesn't speak english so she doesn't know and and i'm like can you tell me what's going on it's like you know 
you know, they're doing the TSA thing like they're big and bad. And I'm like, well, right. she doesn't speak, you know, English. So then they were happy to talk to me, um, you know, <laughs> at that point. Um, and they told me, I'm like, well, it, it probably is explosive residue. You know, I'm like, she just came from Ukraine. And then they started to calm down a, a little bit. I'm like, you know, she was in a war zone. If you're saying there's explosive residue on her, her bag or jacket, it, it probably is. People were, you know, Russia was dropping bombs by them. So they were really nice. They did kind of go through her stuff briefly, like some of her bags. But then they just sent us on our way wow. after that. Um, you know, so, you know, they've got to do what they got to do. I, I, I get that. Just, yeah. You know, don't don't shut me out right away. Right, like, at least right. hear me like when I'm like, she can't, you know, understand you. So, but they were good after after that. Um, we got on the flight. We made it to to Chicago with no problem. Got in the car and drove home. And was it a Tuesday night I was home? Yeah. Yeah, so Tuesday evening. I, I mean, I left, <sighs> left Friday evening and made it back Tuesday evening. That's Which a is journey. Nice. Yep, so. Like, was the... Uh, it was how many countries he visited and stayed. It's yeah. very fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is insane. And then all the things that you went through with all the um, the border control and yeah, all that stuff. Oh my gosh, oh. yeah, it, it was a so, journey. So what? While they're here, are they able to like work and get a job? They probably can't, can they? So, um, they they have the ability to work and get a job. We have to apply for permission, but okay. they would be granted permission. Um, I actually need to get that application in because it also gets on the social security number. Oh, cool. They're both 63. Um, they don't speak English. I, I don't yeah, really we don't know what type of, I don't job. see work going very well. They don't need to work either. Yeah, yeah. So I'm okay if they don't, I mean, I don't know how other people feel about this, but you know, at 63, I think like the best they're going to get is not a very good job, you yeah, know? And yeah. when I'm up close to retirement, I don't want to have to go start back on the, the bottom of the ladder. So I don't think your parents would either. I and they are very helpful with my daughter. Yeah, I'd rather them just stay at home yeah. and you know be, be part in, of the family. Built-in babysitters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they like. That's at, awesome. At though. night they let us sleep. Joanna is still waking up at night. I don't know if your kids don't wake up. Obviously. No, anymore. my son does a little bit, but he does he goes, still. He, yeah, to climb in our bed. <laughs> oh. Okay, she's crying. She's yelling. Yeah. and they like even if they see us waking up, they send us back like to sleep. Wow. Like, they they like no, we're gonna take care of this. Like they just really want to help. So yeah. Because it, I'm pregnant, I get tired easily, and Andy's it like, lets he's me been work working more. hard. So that's cool. That's it, really cool. They, they definitely found a purpose, which we're happy for. Like her dad does a majority of the babysitting and her mom does a lot of the, the cooking and cleaning. Oh, very so cool. It, it's such a blessing. <laughs> yeah, to, we don't <laughs> use them though. Like it's not like, they're, oh, they're here. It, it's they such a blessing to, to, to have them. Um, and the family has gotten a lot of bigger and it does come with, with some adjustments, but they're, they're very, very helpful. Plus it's nice just to have them, that they're, they're yeah. safe. Um, I enjoy spending time with them. We, we, I was really close with them when I lived in Ukraine. We did a lot mm. with them. Cool. So it's, it's maybe a little more than the typical in-law, you know, son-in-law relationship. Right. So, um, you know, I miss them before the war, just not being able to see them as much. It's just so nice having them here. Plus they've kind of plugged into the family so quickly. That's cool. Um, it's worked out very well so far. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, now, as far as like his, their, their homes in, uh, Ukraine and the, the business is all, is that, is it still there? Is it, is the business still going? So, so her dad, um, is, was a, a plumber. So it was okay. a plumbing business. So he would, you know, go and do plumbing work and he had people that would work for him. He had storage warehouses and, and other stuff. Um, so in regards to the business, I mean, it, it's kind of the people and, 
I guess the clientele. So I don't, I don't know if it's there. It's not like a storefront per se. Okay. Uh, the property. Have you heard anything? If there. So well, we are trying to get a hold of people sometimes, like who can just go there and check. Sometimes they also leave the city, then then they come back. So it's not like we can daily know what's right. going on. But right. like the last thing we heard, it was not damaged like there oh. was not oh, so their home is still there how about yes. the the other apartment oh, the other, old place? oh i don't even know if anyone checks on that one okay that, that's fine <laughs> yeah so at last we knew their main home it's was was intact yes that's very cool yeah i didn't know that actually that, that's good news so yeah so um Wrapping this podcast up. Yep. Uh, we've been going for an hour and 46 minutes, wow. which I mean, some of it I'm going to have to edit out. So it's probably yeah. more like an hour and 40, but still that's a long time. Yeah. Um, and it's quite the story, quite the journey. And it all took place within a, a matter of days. Yes. Which is insane. It's insane. And I'm glad you're still, you still made it. You didn't die of a heart attack <laughs> no, or anything from I, all I the didn't. stress. And he was even able to bring the cat who is 16 years old. <laughs> yep. It that's, was bombed. Like that's amazing. Still alive. Yep. Yeah, that's truly amazing. Um, now, what what's the what's the plan moving forward with with the parents here? Are, do they plan on going back eventually? Yeah, we, we don't know that. Um, just kind of taking it day by day. Yeah, they miss Ukraine, but like right now, it doesn't look safe still, and yeah. it's just getting worse, and then a little bad, and then worse again. So. Yeah, not really. We don't really have a good plan. Def- definitely day by day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's too soon to tell because things just just change so right so quickly. You know, once this is all done, will they have a place to go back to? Is like you know one of the big questions. Right. I would like them to stay with us. Like we've already talked, you know, about trying to find uh, a bigger home for for us. You know, um, trying to find something like with um like an in law suite or maybe um. Uh, like a walkout basement that has its own kitchen and bathroom, sort of like they would have their own place within our home to, to try and accommodate them in, in that regard. Um, they kind of want to go back to Ukraine for, you know, mixed reasons. Um, it, it's an adjustment. They don't speak the language. I was there, you know, in Ukraine, I, I kind of know some of the things they're going through, mm-hmm. but I was a lot younger in a right. different situation. So they, um, they're you trying know, to learn English right now. They yeah. went to this uh, school. What is it? It's not English school. Is it English school? Yeah, I guess Friendship yeah. House or something on campus. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they so, yeah. they do adult um, English as a second language. But um, they work out. Like uh, they're members of their gym here. They what else they do? They go to Russian Five Museum with Joanne. Like they try to stay busy so they don't think too much. Yeah. About as What's we get them more on? plugged into the culture, if they're able to learn the language, I think they'll become more okay with, with staying here. Um, they definitely see, you know, some of the benefits of being in America plus being with their family. Yeah. You know, it's just their whole life is, is back in Ukraine. So right. it's it's kind of like a toss-up, you know, there. But as they get more integrated into Lansing, I, I think it will be, be better for them. And, you know, the shift on where they want to be may you know, move much stronger in, in staying here in America. We have to figure out how to do that legally. Right. There are right. a lot of different routes, but not all of them have made themselves available yet because it takes time in the U.S. government. So we haven't pulled the trigger on anything yet. Um, but it is a situation I've been monitoring and, um, you know, plan on making a move as time progresses on making sure they have options to stay here legally in a way that would set them up in the best possible way to live out the rest of their life here. Right. 
So well, I have faith that you can do it. Thank you, you you seem to be able to organize and orchestrate all of this perfectly. I, I got lucky um, with a lot of this. So <laughs> well, I mean, luck is a lot of everything. So I guess so. Yeah. Um. And I'm glad that you were able to get them here and that they're alive. That they're dying by that bomb. I mean, that's that's that incredible. Big. Yeah, it's incredible. And uh, thank you again for coming on and sharing your stories. It's it's been fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Thanks absolutely, us. absolutely. All right, bye everyone. <laughs>